Welcome to What's on the Block, a podcast hosted by X4 Technology, getting answers to the biggest questions on blockchain and the metaverse. The virtual world has a global community of innovators, and we are here to tell you what they're up to. My name is Maxine Ewing, and I'm here with Ashumi to talk about how the metaverse will transform fashion. Ashumi is the founder and CEO of Mad Global. MAD is an innovation-focused, full-service creative production agency bringing projects to life in the metaverse. So to start off, tell us a little bit about the history of how digital fashion really started. Going back to where we first started seeing a lot of virtual fashion come into um the forefront was almost, so I feel like back in 2017, but it's only in 2020 when the pandemic happened. And really, I think it was the first NFT that the fabricants sold of this sort of like virtual jacket, you know, that sold at the time for, I think it was $900 that kind of piqued everyone's interest in the space to kind of really ask the question, you know, like, what is this really all about? And of course, as with there is, it is with any new technology, um, there's a lot of cynicism um, around, you know, what it means, what it's going to mean. But I think there's been along that period, and even though it's been only two years, I think it's moved so quickly into us as a generation almost questioning you know, where that shift is happening. There is this yeah. like this ontological shift almost in how we perceive um, and how we place value on ownership and on different things. And I think fashion definitely falls under that because it's like, how do we consume fashion and what it is we really use it for and how it kind of plays a bigger role in our lives and how digital fashion falls outside of the constructs of, you know, outside of the physical constructs of how we choose to represent ourselves in digital worlds. You know, it kind of comes back to uh, the question of identity, you know, who we are and how we choose to portray ourselves in our increasingly virtual worlds. Um, So I think all of these different things are going to really sort of transform how we interact with fashion as a whole. That brings up two really interesting points. So, you know, I I think for those who are, you know, curious about the intersection of the metaverse and the fashion space, a lot of these NFTs that are coming out, one observation you can make is that some of these items are so clearly not wearable in the real world, right? And that freedom to create a wearable item that is otherwise impossible to wear, you know, I think is, is a really interesting thing at least I'm noticing in the space. And then you also bring up, um, you know, the the nature of fashion as identity and as something that, you know, is of course an incredibly important um, historical industry. Can you tell us a little bit about, I guess, you know, why it makes sense that some fashion houses are drifting toward the metaverse? I think it's also about telling authentic stories, Right. It's about having narratives that sort of bridge the creative with the technology. And when I say narrative, I don't necessarily mean from a communications point of view, but really like visual narratives, how it is 
brands can authentically um, have that conversation now with their end consumer is becoming, you know, the gap between how they can do that is really narrowing in. And digital fashion in this space is really a way to do that, you know, because you can finally be free of any of the physical constraints, like you said, you know, that you have, let's say, for, you know, physical garments. But I think there's also another side to it because brands that want to have this authentic story are looking to do digital twins, let's say, off the physical counterparts. So there is an IRL element and another side to that as well, which is really important. I think there's a lot of brands that have done different sort of collaborations in the space with, let's say, gaming uh, platforms where you can physically redeem a piece of clothing and still wear something quite similar that's branded in some of your favorite games. So I think there's lots of different sort of use cases that we're going to start seeing um, where, where some of this is concerned. That's another thing that would be interesting to hear from you about. What exactly does it mean for fashion to be intersecting with the metaverse? So we've talked a little bit about NFTs that people are buying, avatar skins. I've seen some collaborations where companies that are very much operating in the metaverse are creating actual physical wearables. You know, what what is the landscape right now with how companies are getting involved in the metaverse? So I think on the NFT side, there's, of course, the PFP projects. You know, we've seen Gucci do a great job at launching something uh, with 10KTF where they launched and they actually collaborated with other sort of PFP projects like World of Women and, um, you know, the Board Ape Yacht Club and Cool Cats to kind of dress the profile picture NFT in the branded clothing, you know, which is, I think, a really great way because PFPs are also becoming part of and parcel of people's identities. Not They go a lot beyond being just a profile picture. They actually give people almost provenance in the space because you feel like you belong to something, you know, and I think us as humans, as social beings, we like that feeling of wanting to sort of belong to something, you know, and that's why we wear certain brands or we interact with certain communities because we want, we inherently have this feeling of wanting to sort of belong to something. So I think that's definitely um, one way that they're doing it. Another way is of course, on the gaming side, there's a lot of uh, brands that have done collaborations with Roblox and with Decentraland to have wearables across different gaming platforms and different metaverses. Um, and I think that's really great as well. Of course, the downside to some of that right now is that there's no interoperability. So, for example, if you create a skin or a piece of clothing or a virtual fashion for one platform, you're not necessarily able to sort of take it into something else um, and wear it in that as well. So, You bring up something really interesting, which is community. Right. So it's a bit of a known fact that anything in the blockchain space, and of course, by definition, the metaverse space, um, you know, is very community driven. A lot of marketing strategies are surrounding, you know, communities. Um, There's a degree of like the in group and the out group. Do you have the NFT? Don't you have the NFT? So, you know, community is such a key part of everything. And a lot of people would buy an NFT because it gives them access to a community. Um, And, you know, I think this is particularly poignant coming, you know, out of the pandemic, uh, where so many people were lacking this. And you bring up how fashion 
has a similar characteristic where, you know, you want a brand or you want something to be part of this like in-group. Um, so I don't know, can you talk about, can you talk a little bit about that? You know, why it's a natural progression, you know, any parallels that you see between these, these two spaces that are very much joining? Yeah, I think community is really at the heart of everything in the blockchain space. Um, but I think more importantly, it's about having that conversation directly with the people who are part of something, part and parcel of something. I think fashion in the Web2 space has always held their consumers at a bit of an arm's length, you know, and I think uh, especially I, I would say in the luxury space, because that is what has given this idea of scarcity or rarity to be able to position that luxury brand to being what it is. But in the Web3 world, I think that has kind of flipped on its head where it's really now more, much more about being able to have that direct conversation and be a lot closer to the people that are consuming and interacting with your brand, not only from a product point of view, because it's not really always about product. And this is something that we at MAD also feel very strongly about when we uh, bring projects to life in the metaverse. It is about experience. And it is, it's, it's about shifting people at an emotional level, you know, connecting to them to something that is that goes a bit deeper into why it is they feel a certain way to want to, you know, have loyalty towards or an affinity for a certain brand. You bring up your projects, you know, can you tell us a little bit about what Matt is doing in the NFT and metaverse space for anyone who doesn't know? So Matt is, you know, we, we've been around for 15 years. We have a very, um, I would say a very, uh, you know, we, we've had a Web2 business producing, uh, creatively producing uh, global omni-channel content for luxury and fashion brands, uh, global ad campaigns, uh, stills, films, digital uh, content. And I think a lot of these brands that were leaning into the metaverse space, for us, it first started with doing activations in immersive technology. So we started off with doing a lot of projects in augmented reality. And that has sort of tied into other projects that we have done that all now fall under the umbrella of the metaverse. So across 3D, AR, VR, and of course, NFTs. What we do with working with brands as well as marketplaces and agencies to bring their projects to life is not a, we, we don't copy paste projects. You know, we sort of have a very considered approach. And I think every project is very, very different from each other. So even though we sort of primarily work in the fashion and the luxury space, we also try to connect and join the dots across the arts and music and of course, luxury and collectibles. And we do it across verticals like retail, um, e-com and, you know, launching, of course, the NFT projects and seeing how all of that sort of ties in together. So it's a very holistic approach. Blockchain, you know, as a broad category, you know, there are 
some barriers to entry. And I wouldn't, you know, I think, I think one of the best parts of the space as a whole is that anyone can get involved. And, you know, the whole purpose of it is to, you know, cut out the middleman, so to speak, and, you know, more directly connect people with whatever thing they are trying to do. Right. Um, that said, I do think that there are some interesting in-group and out-group characteristics where if a company doesn't do it right, you know, they lose a lot of credibility. So I guess as a person who's frequently working with fashion houses and companies who are moving toward Web3, you know, how would you advise them to do so in a way that's going to be received positively and has intention behind it? So isn't just to follow the trend, but is a direct expression of the thing that they're creating. Intention and purpose. I think it's important to build and bridge the purpose with the passion that we bring, of course, to all of the projects. But we do do a lot of, it's a very considered approach and we do a lot of research. We are also, everyone on our team and you know myself included, uh, we're very personally invested and very involved at a grassroots level with a lot of what is happening in the space. In the Web3 space, we're all part of different DAOs. We're all part of a lot of NFT projects that we believe in. You know, we collect um, and we buy NFTs ourselves because we believe in the project or in the founders. So we're very active members of Discord servers. And I think it's important to have also a pulse on community, what people are saying, where the sentiment is, to be able to advise brands accordingly. Brands and individuals and creators who are putting work in out there need to do it with intention and purpose instead of looking to just flip and trade and, you know, get in and get out and make a quick buck. That was Ashumi. Tune in next week to stay in the loop with What's on the Block.